Feel like the everyday chaos is getting to be too much? Head on over to winninggym.com slash BAP and we can help you there. Join our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program for quick wins for your gym. Check it out. You deserve it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast, delivering the knowledge in all things fitness business. We help gym owners win. Here are your hosts, Tim Lyons and Randy Exton. All right, start over. So starting over. So uh, there are, at the moment, there are three parts of the legislation that have passed. They're talking about doing number four, five, six, seven, moving forward, okay, because they are trying to, effectively, all of this legislation is either to help people that have been impacted by COVID-19 or to actually stimulate the economy. Because of course, once COVID had enough of a spread, everything stopped. And you guys know that to no end because most of you, I think all of you have been forcibly shut down, right? You're not allowed to operate, not allowed to have your, your shops open. So bill one was very specifically for healthcare. So doctors, hospitals, anyone in the medical healthcare arena, Bill 2 was much more related to the actual victims of COVID. So people that were sick, that fell ill, those kinds of problems. Bill 3 is where we start seeing the major stimulus information for business owners and for the actual employees, for the workers themselves. So I wanted to start with one of the biggest questions, which is, okay, we've been shut down. Now what, right? Where do we go? What are we supposed to do? What forms are we supposed to fill out? You know, as Tim was mentioning earlier, uh, there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of different websites and articles, and they, some of them even say different things. So I wanted to start by talking about the SBA and the SBA loans that are out there. Uh, there's two different names for the SBA lending. One is just SBA loans. Uh, sometimes you'll hear it called the 7A loan, which is a standard traditional SBA program that's been around forever and ever and ever and ever, but it's been expanded, massively expanded to help almost everyone under this COVID regulation uh, in the 2020 year. Now, the other name for it that you might hear is the uh, Paycheck Protection Program. That's more of the politicking type name, the PPP. So we're going to be going through what are the details? Where do you need to go? What do we know right now? You know, as Tim started off by saying, the it passed the House and the Senate on Thursday last week. Friday morning, the president signed it. The SBA still hasn't even created the guidelines for the banks yet, right? I mean, basically, we went into a weekend, and today is Monday. So the SBA right now is working on the guidelines. Now, the government basically gave the SBA 15 days to get all the guidelines in place. The SBA is trying to push it out in three days. Now, that's a huge positive on the front of the business owners, right? Because the sooner we can get our money, the sooner we can do things with that money. We can start paying people. We can start, we're going to get into what can you do if you can't even open your doors. We'll get to that. But, you know, it's a huge benefit to you guys as business owners, because hopefully if the regulations are out in three days, meaning probably middle of this week, uh, most of the banks by Thursday, right, the banks can't do anything at this point, other than start to collect applications for SBA lending, okay? Because they don't even know what are they supposed to collect? What do they need? What kind of information should they gather, right? So 
even if you've already started working on an SBA loan with your bank at this point, you may be required come Thursday or Friday to submit more information, additional information that they didn't even know they needed the first time around. Okay. So um, at the moment, what are the things that you can do to be prepared for the lending process with the SBA, whether it's through a bank or directly with the SBA on the SBA's website, you know, what kinds of things should you be gathering because you know that they're going to ask for it, okay? So I would absolutely start with three years of tax returns. Now, that would be for your business, for your personal, for any related entities, okay? For any entity that you own more than 20% of, now, you have to be a little cautious this, with this last one because some of us live in what's called a community property state, like Arizona, for example, is a community property state. So if my spouse were to own a business, even though I don't own that business, I have to report on the spouse's business, okay? In non-community property states, those might be considered separate. But just so that you have your files prepared and ready, I would have three years of tax returns, personal, business, and any related business where you or your spouse, whether you're community property or not, own more than 20% of that business. Okay, that's a very standard thing for the SBA loans to be asking. Financial statements. Okay, now the way that the regulations read, the, re the way that the bill reads is the the activity that's happened prior to February 15th. Now, most of us do not end a month when you're talking about financial statements. So your profit loss, your balance sheet, a statement of cash flows, most of us do not end a month in the middle of a month, right? I'm, I'm not quite sure why they picked February 15th, but they did. So what I would recommend, you know, here we are, February is over now by about a month. If your bookkeepers do not have your books up to date, put the pressure on, right? Some of you I know don't have your bookkeepers do your books in, other than once a quarter, um, but you're going to need those financial statements to be able to prove what was your payroll for the last 12 months, right? So you're going to want financial statements for 12 months rolling from last year, February to this year, February. Does that make sense to everybody? So 12 months, you want to be able to see your profit and loss and your balance sheet by month for 12 months rolling. So absolutely, if, if your bookkeeper was put on hold because of this mess, pay them because you're going to need those financial statements to be able to get those loans. All right. Uh, those financial statements are also how the loan value is going to get calculated. OK, now the total maximum amount of the loan is two and a half times your wages. And there's some very broad definitions of what is wages. So we're going to get to that. All right. But it's two and a half times your wages up to $10 million. All right. So depending on how large your company is, how many people fit into that wage category, which will go over the largest amount of the loan that you're going to get is $10 million. Tim, go ahead. So two and a half times your average monthly. Correct. So you take your, your 12 months, you would average it, you know, divide it by 12 and then take 2.5 times that amount. Correct. Right. And you're going to get into what's all covered in that, right? Correct. Yeah, because it's not, I mean, the nice part about this is it's not just your W-2 employees. There's actually some other things that are going to fit in there and it's not just wages either. So um, that, that dollar amount is going to vary. Uh, so it's part of the reason why you need good financial statements, right? Because when you get to the SBA, you're going to have to be able to say, this is how I calculated my number and they're going to have to be able to agree with you. So you're going to want those financial statements up to date. Okay. 
other things you should gather. I would also suggest that you gather any of your setup documentation for your entity itself. So articles of incorporation, articles of formation, if you're an LLC, a copy of your EIN letter from the IRS. Uh, if you do not have that, uh, that can be a, a very important thing to have. Yeah, a lot of people got it and kind of stuck it in a file and now it's long gone. <laughs> we hear that a lot. So if you don't have that, I would suggest calling the IRS. You will sit on hold for four or five or six hours with the IRS, how exciting. So be prepared to do something else while you're on hold, but you do need a copy of that EIN letter and that holds true for any business that you own. So again, all of your setup documentations, including the EIN letter are going to be important for you. Now they will run credit, but this is kind of one of those things where we're waiting on the SBA regulations to come out because the loans, the, these, the PPP loans, the SBA loans, uh, are not going to have any collateral, right? You don't have to have collateral. They are not going to be personally guaranteed. So a lot of the banks are saying, well, so what does it matter what somebody's credit is? Okay. So in, unfortunately, until we get the regulations from the SBA, we don't know if there's going to be a bottom limit to the credit on the lending on that side, but it would be a really good idea right now. You know, everyone has the ability to pull a free credit check at least once a year. So if you haven't done that, I would recommend that you do that as well as do that for your business. A lot of people don't know that your business, especially if you also are you know, using accounts receivable, accounts payable uh, within your business, that your business also has a credit score. So you can go to nav, nav.com and you can actually pull your business credit score from there. Uh, you can also look it up on, um, and of course I might, Brain is drawing a blank. Uh, I will come back to that. But you're looking for your business credit score. So nav.com for sure. And then, of course, your personal credit score. It is what it is at this point, right? I mean, you're not going to be changing it a whole lot between now. If you can change it, maybe consider looking at working on anything. But be reviewing your report for any errors, mistakes, something that isn't yours, right? You should be doing that every year anyway. So the next thing, payroll forms. So this is where we into some of the more details, okay? You're gonna wanna gather information on anything, anything that relates to paying anyone. So for you guys, typically that's W-2 wages and potentially 1099 factors, okay? But if you've got a friend in the restaurant industry, for example, tips are also included in this. So any type of payment to anyone to do a job should be tracked and categorized for this purpose. Now, there is a maximum cap on those wages. So if you've got somebody, your, your head trainer or whatever, that you're paying $120,000, the max cap of the amount of wages that are gonna qualify under the loan are $100,000. That holds true for contractors as well. So it's a $100,000 cap, period. Also holds true for you as an owner. So if you as an owner, we're making $200,000, okay? Your max cap is also 100,000. Period, all the way across the board, max cap is 100,000, okay? So, great. I think we've covered some of the big ones. You know, again, if your bookkeeping is not up to date, now is the time to go get it. You wanna pull 12 months of balance sheet and financial statements and make sure, by the way, that they tie to your bank statements we have seen cases like this where, for whatever reason, reconciled financial statements don't tie 
to the bank statement for that month. So maybe do a little bit of homework and run some comparisons in your own financial statements um, to check that out. So if a business has not been operational for the last three years, um, what and anything that they can do to provide documentation? Not for this particular loan. No, there's, there's a couple of other types of loans, but the business did have to be in operation uh, during the 2019 year. Now, are you saying if they're a brand new business? Correct. That's a little different. If you've got 12 months, you're good for this loan. Now, there are very specific, um, there's a specific subsection of the regulation if you just opened your business. So let's say, for example, you opened your business December of 2019, and so you've only paid people December, January, February of 2020, and then this all hit, you can still qualify. But they're going to look at the average of those three months um, so and, and extrapolate that. So you're going to need to, again, make sure that you've got financial statements and that those are all detract and in order to be able to qualify and, and have the proper documentation for it. All right. Uh, do we file online first through the SBA or go directly to a SBA bank? Great question. So very, very first thing, every single one of you are business owners. Every single one of you at this point should have relationships with two banks at a minimum at a minimum. So this is kind of a side tangent at this point. If you've been banking with the same bank forever and ever, and you only have one relationship, okay, you want to call them first. You want to call them right away and you want to get in line effectively to apply for the SBA lending through that bank. Now, if you're, this is why I say you should have two. If the bank that you work with is not a pre-approved, pre-qualified SBA lender, you may be waiting six months to get anything, okay? At which point, the next step is go online, file for the SBA application online, right? So you may end up, if your bank is an SBA approved lender, call them first, find out what they want you to do, but then go online anyway and apply anyway. Now, at this point, I mean, we're talking about the SBA online website was literally just updated this morning for, I'm sorry, last night at like 10 p.m. Arizona, uh, was updated for these new COVID regulations. Uh, there's a whole new page specifically for the COVID-specific disaster relief. So for those of you that were watching, I think, Tim, and you and I were talking last week and saying, yep, go on the disaster website, fill out the disaster form. There's a whole new website. You might have to fill it out again, okay? So, um, yeah, add, yes, please. Can you... So just to be everybody's, so everybody's clear, there's, there's a, a economic injury disaster loan and there's mm -hmm. a PPP loan. There are two totally different Separate loans. Yeah. The PPP loan is the forgivable one. Mm -hmm. the, the economic injury one is, is, is a low interest rate, but it does have to be paid back. So we're talking about two separate things. Every, I think everybody here is probably mostly interested in the PPP loan that's forgivable. Hey guys, as you know, at Built to Grow, we're all about systems and scalability. And that's why I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Semi-Private Pro. Several years ago, I was in our gym looking around and I noticed our coaches were staring at their clipboards, struggling to stay one step ahead of the clients. And I thought, gosh, there has to be a better way. So I tasked Zach, our fitness director, and I said, dude, we got to find a software that would enhance our clients' training experience and increase our coaches' levels of engagement. See, we're all about client experience here. After countless demos, we realized there was literally nothing designed for our training model. So we set on a mission and I said, look, we got to create 
an app that is designed specifically for semi-private training. And I can tell you guys this firsthand, this is taking our training to new heights and I'm confident it can do the same thing for you. See, with Semi-Private Pro, you can streamline your training system, enhance client engagement and scale like never before without spending hours on programming. To learn more about how you can get started with Semi-Private Pro, head on over to special link here, semiprivatepro.com slash BTG, that's built to grow. So just head on over real quick to semiprivatepro.com slash BTG to check out a demo for yourself. Maybe. You know, I, I think there's going to be a question. Um, generally, I think that's why we're covering so many different types of loans today, because not everyone is going to qualify for the SBA loan first, right? Secondly, if the SBA loans are as far behind as we think they're going to be, even if you qualify for the SBA loan, you might not actually get your money three months, six months, nine months. I mean, at that point, your business is long gone, right? There, there's problems there. So I would highly suggest that any type of loan you see anywhere. So a perfect example is Kiva. Uh, Kiva is actually a nonprofit organization. They help small businesses typically in foreign countries. But when COVID-19 hit, Kiva actually opened up their doors to U.S. small businesses and said, we will give you a $15,000 loan right now. Like, just apply and we will help small businesses in the U.S. So there are loan programs that are not the big, giant SBA. I mean, I think one of the major concerns that I have with the SBA, the government came down and said, great, go send out 357 million, million, billion, billion, I think, whatever it is, go send out all this money. The SBA normally on a normal year only does 30 billion, not 357 billion in whatever three months, right? I mean, they, they just don't have the systems to even manage it or deal with it. So that's why they're taking the time to write the regulations to then pass the regulations to the bank. This is what you must have to qualify this is the information we need, right? But even if all of that goes through, the likelihood that you guys are going to get any actual funding within seven days, as a lot of the media is kind of saying, seven to 14 days, we're going to get you loans. Maybe, maybe not, right? So I'm a big fan of you guys applying anywhere and for anything that you can. Now, just because you apply for a loan, let's say you apply for the disaster loan and you get the disaster loan and you apply for the SBA and you get the SBA, right? Make sure you're tracking where those dollars are going, okay? Because as long as you can prove that the SBA lending went to your wages, your rent, your utilities, right? These very specific categories, use the disaster loan on your advertising, right? Tim's been screaming about how cheap leads are right now. Go get them, guys, but use the disaster loan for that, not for paying your wages. Yeah, and that's a good point, Shauna. So talk about the forgivable line items that are, are acceptable in the PPP loan. And, and then also, how do you recommend we track that the best way? For sure. So, uh, you know, your accountants are going to be your friends, right? Your bookkeepers are going to be your friends. Um, and a very, very simple, easy way to track it is when you get the money, put it into a bank account and the, like a separate, completely separate bank account that you set up just for that purpose. The only thing you pay out of that bank account is the appropriate expenses for that type of loan. That is the easiest way to track it, right? You'll make your happy, you'll make your CPA happy, right? Because your CPAs are also going to have to be doing federal tax credits. We're going we're to get to those as well. 
in next year, right? For next year's tax filing, there's going to be payroll tax credits. So, uh, you know, the, the better you can track your information now, the happier all of your team's going to be and the happier you will be, because I can almost promise you that there are going to be lawsuits, you know, there's going to be problems with this, right? Somebody didn't track it right. And the SBA is wanting their money back, but they think they paid for the right thing. So the cleaner you can make those records, the better for you guys. So a separate bank account is the easiest way to manage that, to do that. Good point. So, okay. All right. So let's jump over. Uh, any other questions? Yeah, yeah. We, we have a few, quite a few questions. So Wait, um, a lot of about like the types of businesses and who qualifies type of thing. So if they, as an owner who pay themselves as a W-2 stops uh, their payroll at this time, but they do not apply for unemployment. Are they eligible for the PPP under the CARES Act? Um, so I'm going to read into that question a little bit. This is where it gets really specific, right? So I'm an S corporation owner. I stopped taking my payroll, right? Is that what that question is asking me? I stopped taking my payroll. Okay. So, but I don't apply for unemployment. So there's a lot of commentary about basically put yourself back on payroll. Okay, because you only get the loan based on the payroll that you have. Now, this is kind of a catch 22 because, sure, I'd love to put all of my people back on payroll, but until I get the loan, I don't have the money to put all my people back on payroll. So, what am I supposed to do there? Right. Um, and again, I've got some very detailed kind of calculations because some of this really, really does go into detail. It goes into, you know, 50% of 25% of this date through this date. I mean, there's some very specific things that I think we only have an hour. So I am happy to answer questions like detailed, detailed questions. If you guys want to send me an email, um, I'm, I'm worried about trying to answer super detailed stuff on a call like this. Each situation, effectively what's going to happen here, guys, each situation is going to be different. Are you married? Are you single? Do you own multiple businesses, multiple locations? Is it one location? Do you have, you know, do you own your building? Do you rent? Like every single situation here is different, guys. So, okay. Okay. Anything else before we jump to forgiveness? Well, I get a couple questions as far as what about uh, those that are an S Corp? Yep. Um, I mean, no, no difference. You, you are an employee, you are an employee, period. That's the way they're looking at it, so. So can you, can you apply for the payroll protection, SBA loan, and the economic injury disaster loan? And the answer is yes, correct? Yes, yes, you can apply for both. Now again, depending on what you use those funds for, the uh, SBA side may or may not be forgiven. The disaster loan, you know, there's, there's differences there as well. There's a $1,000 grant on the disaster side, which is not repayable, not taxable. I mean, period, it's just a grant. Um, and then you have the economic injury disaster loan above that, uh, which has lower interest rates, but yes, there's repayment, that kind of thing, so. Okay, so to give everybody a heads up, last night they updated the form and I could find it, maybe drop it in here as well. It took about 10 minutes and it's for the economic injury. You do have to put some, some financials in there, uh, but it, it, you can click a box and ask, if you, would you like to be, um, you know, would you like to be accepted for a $10,000 grant that's not repayable? Click this box, put your credit or put your uh, banking account information. Literally took me about 10 minutes last night. Uh, I think that's a no brainer because that's not repayable anyway. So it's like, little help right now. And they said that within three days after approval, you'll get that money. So yep. um, I'll, I'll grab the link right now and post it. One more before we move on. As owners, they're not on payroll. They're taking draws. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're still eligible to apply. Well, this says eligible for, to apply for unemployment, but 
Unemployment, yeah. So, so unemployment is a totally different conversation. If you are an owner and you're only taking draws, right? If we're talking about the SBA side, your draws do not count towards payroll, towards these payroll calculations. So effectively, you don't, you continue to not get paid, right? Unemployment's a very different conversation. Um, I will try to get to that too. All right, keep going. Okay. All right, so um, I wanted to talk about specifically the forgiveness, the items that are gonna be covered under the SBA loan for forgiveness, okay? So payroll costs. Now that is a very broad term, okay? This is one of the things that we're waiting on the SBA legislation, but it absolutely covers your W-2, so salaries, commissions, uh, or any similar compensations, okay? So if you've got bonus structures, anything like that, that is covered, that is a part of what's gonna get uh, forgiven. Continuation of group health care. Uh, including benefits paid. So sick days, medical leave, family leave, insurance premiums, all of those things would be covered under the SBA loan. Uh, payments of interest on mortgage obligations, um, but not the payment of principal or any prepayments of mortgages. Uh, rent would cover, would be covered as long as you have a lease agreement. So this is a little, a little tweak they put in there. If you own your own building, and you are renting it from yourself, you better make sure that you have a lease agreement that was signed when you bought that building. Okay, so it's a, a little bit further back. Make sure you've got that paperwork in line because the SBA lenders will be asking about it. Uh, utilities, so anything utility related. Of course, you guys have all now gone to your online classes. Um, so that would be your internet bills, your power bills, water bills, anything like that whatsoever that is included in utilities. And any interest on debt obligations that were incurred before February 15th. So if you have a previous VA loan, if you have previous lines of credit, if you have other debts that you had taken on board to run your business, that interest will also be covered by this loan. So make sure that, again, your balance sheet and your profit and loss are up to date to have that in there. Now, one of the big questions that really I was getting, it kind of ties into the unemployment bit a little bit here. Um, this is important, but it's not 100% clear yet until we get these regulations from the SBA. Rehiring employees may mitigate reductions in the amount that may be forgiven, okay? Because you're going to get a loan, think about it, you're going to get a loan based on 12 months of averages of payroll, right? If you let your people go, the amount of the loan that's going to get forgiven is not all of the loan, right? It's whatever of that loan you use for those qualifications. So if you rehire people and now you're paying them under these qualifications, great. It should be covered by the forgiveness, uh, but we're still not really sure. The way that the law reads is that if you've reduced or, you know, basically you've, you've put people to part time, you've reduced or completely laid somebody off uh, during the period February 15th, and ending 30 days after the enactment of CARE Act. So 30 days after this past Friday. So from February 15th to 30 days after this past Friday, anyone you laid off during that time, you may be able to rehire them once you get your loan and still have their salaries qualify as part of loan forgiveness. Okay, right. So payroll, uh, the other thing I wanted to just cover, what exactly does this payroll, it's a very broad term, cover? We talked about salaries, wages, similar compensation, cash tips, payments for vacation, parental, family, medical, or sick leave. So any payments for sick leave, 
uh, allowances for dismissal or separation, uh, payments for group health care. We talked about that. Payments of retirement benefits. This is huge. If you were putting into retirement for your people, if any of you had a 401k plan, anything like that, that would cover it. Uh, as well as um, the sum of payments or compensation to a sole proprietor or independent contractor. So these are also your 1099s, again, up to $100,000, all right? Anything over $100,000 doesn't get covered, okay? Uh, any compensation to somebody outside the U.S., even if they're a U.S. citizen, is not covered. Uh, qualifying sick leave gets covered in a different way through the other act. So any questions on any of that? Yeah, one question, and I think you just answered it, but can you clarify, in the forgiveness piece, does that include 10, 1099s? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Um, once you do receive those funds, mm -hmm. it's not my understanding of eight weeks to spend the funds. Is Great question. <laughs> what what they're saying is you've got eight weeks. They're they're looking at the eight week period uh, from the origination of the loan. Now right. you know you're not going to spend twelve months, right? So basically, what they're doing is they're saying, all right. It's 12 months of, let's just call it your payroll, right? It's 12 months of payroll times two and a half times. That is your maximum loan. You're not going to spend 12 months worth of payroll times 2.5 in eight weeks. Well, time out here. Hold on. I thought it was the average monthly. Across those times two and a half. Not, I, I wish it was the 12 month of payroll because then we're talking millions. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. No, no, sorry. Yes, it's it's 12 months, right, on the average, so monthly, but it's still two and a half in two months. So you may or may not actually spend all that. Okay, and what happens if you don't spend it? Or you, you owe it back, right? Yes, but wow. the amounts that you owe back are going to be at a very low interest rate, and the payments are a minimum deferred for six months. Minimum. Okay. Yeah, everybody understand that one? Once you do receive funds, you got to get on it. You you should probably be prepared to where you're going to allocate those funds immediately, so that at least that part's forgiven, and you guys are good. And then after that, if you have extra, then it's a six month forbearance and low interest rate after that. There's a minimum of six months. As owners, there seems to be a common, um, or it seems to be a common occurrence where they're taking monthly draws to right. pay the owner as an you know for the work that they're doing. Right. If that's not considered payroll and it's a draw, is that considered in this uh, PPP? So in the letter of the original documentation, the answer is no. A draw is not payroll and it's not self-employment taxable. And really, that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to you know, help people that normally would have had to pay tax on this income. Right. This was taxable income to them. So they may change that. But in the letter of the law, the answer is no. If you're taking owner's draw, that is not considered payroll, that is not considered wages, it's not self-employment taxable, it is not covered by this loan. Okay. Yeah, because um, it's going to depend on whether you're a partnership, an S-corp, a C-corporation, all of these things are going to change some of those, those answers. So, Are you able to pay back rent with the funds if you do end up getting behind uh, before you receive them? If you end up getting behind, Yes. Yeah, anything that you pay out in that eight weeks, you're good. As long as it's for those purposes. Right. It's got to be one of those qualified areas. Yeah. Cool. All caught up. Perfect. All okay, right. Um, what, what, there's one more good one. Yeah. Um, Heather asks, is she better off stopping? This is this is the income side of, of things. Okay. So she's asking, is it is it better off for her to stop 
the membership payments, collecting pay from, from clients versus reducing the payments for, to an online access only in regards to PPP. Is there a difference? So she can, she's still operating her business and still collecting funds right now with an online offering. Okay. That's a better situation than her stopping those. Does that change the, the qualifications when it comes to the protection? And qual- uh, when it comes to the protection, no. Because, I mean, your, your income is whatever your income is, right? They were looking very specifically at the expense side. So, you know, you've got, I mean, that's more of a, a business type question, right? Yeah. Do you want to help your clients by cutting your revenue and doing whatever you're going to do? Uh, but yeah, it really has nothing to do from the standpoint of the loan, other than the fact that if you have less money, you look more poor, but your loan is your loan. It's totally based on the average of the 12 months of the expense. So it, you know, because there's no collateral, because there's, they're not looking at income statements from what we understand, right? They're not looking at any of that stuff. So it's a very simple formula, right? That take the average of the payroll times by two and a half. That's your loan. That's your loan amount, right? So it's the, that side is pretty clear. Uh, one thing that not a lot of people have thought about, but I believe is important. Normally, if you take on a loan and you get debt forgiveness, right? That loan is no longer repayable. Typically, that loan forgiveness is taxable. It is not taxable, completely not taxable. So that loan forgiveness is 100% free. You will not have a tax problem with relation to loan forgiveness if you do go the loan forgiveness route, okay? Hey, Tim Lance here, and I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone out there surviving the day-to-day chaos of the fitness business. You know, you're showing up every day and you got people counting on you. I know it's not easy, but you're doing it, so keep on going. But listen, if you feel like it's getting to be too much and you wanted to get some support so you can get out of the struggle and get into real growth, then I highly recommend that you check out our eight-week Profit Business Accelerator program at winninggym.com slash grow. Go check it out, sign up, and let's get you on track for some easy wins and get back to growth mode. All right, once again, the link is winninggym.com slash grow. And now back to the show. All right. Um, now, uh, any other questions on the SBA loan side? Uh, Micah says, so it will not affect receiving the PPP if we're still... In- no, I, she, she answered that. I would say... You know, from my standpoint as a business coach, I would say you try to keep as much money coming in and keeping your clients as happy as possible as, as long as you can. Because eventually, and I, and I think this is going to go true for anybody that has a brick and mortar facility, I think we've got 30, 45 days to keep these clients engaged. If, and then we're going to see another wave of freezes and cancellations. So just keep them, keep them paying as long as you can. Um, and another question, uh, Shauna, you can't, like, if you can't spend the eight weeks, you can't spend the money in eight weeks, you can't pay future rents up front, can you? No. I didn't no. think so. You're allowed to pay, yeah, good thought. I love it. You're allowed <laughs> to pay the, the behind stuff. If you're behind, you're allowed to pay that, but not future stuff. Not allowed, No prepayment. Yep. Yeah. Kind of ask, is it the average payroll times 2.5 plus rent or no rent uh, allowance in the loan amount? No rent allowance in the loan amount. The loan amount is specifically 2.5% of payroll. What you're allowed to use that loan for is payroll and rent and utilities and all these other things. Yeah. Okay. 
Now, uh, you guys were asking questions about the, the SBA loan, <clears throat> SBA slash PPP, and if I go get the disaster loan, are those two things going to offset each other? No, they should not. Okay, but the one that does is the federal, the payroll tax credit. Okay, now this one came out in bill number two. Uh, there is a payroll tax credit that is worth 50% of whatever your qualified wages are operations partially or fully suspended by the government. So you guys, okay, what you're going to want to do here, because you cannot receive both the retention payroll tax credit and a paycheck protection loan. So when you get your offer from the SBA, right, this is my payroll protection loan, right? You want to run a calculation with your CPA, which one is more valuable to me, Okay. Now, a loan, I mean, if you need the loan and you need the money, then that is your choice, okay? Uh, but the federal tax credit, tax credits are dollar for dollar against tax. So effectively, you're taking a bet that you're not going to be back in business and you're not going to have your payroll back and you're not going to have, you know, as much revenue and as much expense as you did previously. Um, so you want to kind of run some calculations with your CPA before you hit okay on accepting the SBA loan. All right. Now, a couple of just generic notes about the loans, okay? Uh, we talked about the SBA, the minimum, well, the, the maximum for a small business loan has been raised to a million. Um, it will drop back down uh, to 350000 next year, hopefully when all this is done. Maximum term on your SBA loans are going to be 10 years. The interest rate by law cannot be higher than 4%. And there will be no setup fees at all on the 7A SBA PPP loan, okay? None. So if anyone is trying to charge you a fee, this is a scam, okay? Um, or somebody trying to, you know, get money off of you being in panic mode, okay? I've seen easily just today alone seven emails. Will it, we only charge you $1,500 to do your SBA credit application. Absolutely not. Okay, if your bank is trying to charge you a fee, you, they're not allowed to do that. It's not an SBA fee. Okay, now your bank may choose to charge you a fee, but it's not an SBA fee. So you should be able to negotiate that with your bank. Another reason to have two banking relationships at a minimum at all times. Okay, um, the interest is deferred for one year. The interest is deferred for one year if you have to repay anything. Uh, the payments have to be deferred at least six months, but most of the banks are also going to a year on the payments for the loans. So um, now deadline to apply. Okay, we're still way early. It's because Tim always keeps you guys in check here on, on target, on track. Uh, the loan, the deadline to apply for the SBA loan is June 30th of 2020. So really you guys have three months from today to go get that loan done. So if there's any of this information that you need to gather, now's the time to start. Uh, when I was on the phone earlier today with one of our banking professionals, he actually said that his bank alone, and they're a small, a small local bank, his bank alone has already had since this morning at 9 a.m. when they opened Arizona, it's now 2.45 p.m., over a thousand applications came through their door. So if you guys haven't already done this, haven't already called your banker, you're already fairly far behind in the line, right? So make that call to your banker today if you have not done it, okay? Uh, anybody here banking with Chase? Anybody banking with Chase? Uh, I spoke to my bank today, a bank with Chase. They said on Friday they're going to have an online portal set up and they're going to take everything online. 
So Friday, not even nine until Friday. So just so if any of you are night owls, I would wake up at midnight, 1201 and get onto that portal so that you're, you're at the head of that line. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, now. Just, just a couple other questions. Um, if we can defer rent now and keep, to keep in order to keep payroll going, Mm -hmm. Can we use the PPP to cover the past due amounts if they get pushed out beyond the eight-week period? Great question. I don't know the answer to that. It's a great question. Okay, I, cool. If I were you, right, I would try to pay that rent on week seven, day six, right? Make sure that it gets paid within that eight-week period. I think those types of questions are where we're going to see a lot of penalties and legal lawsuits and battles and, and this kind of stuff happening. Okay. Shannon, that was for you. Matt. Is there any advantage to furloughing employees if we learn more on unemployment, as long as we can re rehire them within the 30 days for the CARES Act? Yeah. So it's another great question, right? Um, one of the things that you do not want to do is piss off the SBA. Okay. Let's do it this way. I, I know that we protect our people. Okay. Uh, we all want to try to help. We want to do what's best for our people. You know, but if, if you do that, if you're furlough them, if they go get unemployment and then they get rehired again, you may either not get that portion of your loan deducted. The SBA, there, there have been rumors. Who knows if that's true? There have been rumors that the SBA will pull your loan because effectively you're trying to double dip on the government. Right. So it's, you know, it's one of those things where if you're going to do one, pick one, but as more information comes out, I mean, you know, Tim and I talk all the time, right? So if something comes out, we post it on our COVID web page on taxgoddess.com. At the very top, there's a huge COVID-19. Any piece of new news that comes out, I'm filming a video, there's a post, there's a link, there's whatever there, okay? And of course, we can always hop on another call or, or do whatever you guys need as more information comes out. But um, I would not suggest trying to play games like that. If they're going to get more on unemployment, put them on, get them on unemployment, right? Now, kind of jumping to the unemployment conversation, because I know that's come up here a couple of times. Unemployment is run by the states. So unemployment in California is going to be totally different than unemployment in Florida. It's going to be totally different than unemployment in Arizona, okay? The one thing that is federally mandated about the unemployment side is that there's an extra, extra $600 a week on top of whatever the state's unemployment is. And that is specifically for the COVID-19. Okay. A couple questions regarding just the SBA loans and the funding. Um, it's, uh, Misty and Jacobs, neither of them are in a position to apply right now. They both have other things going on. So they're wondering if they're going to apply at the end of April, May, June, is there a likelihood that these SBA you know, funds run out? That's a great question. It's a great question. So of course, I don't have an answer to that, right? Uh, I had a crystal ball. Um, my gut says that the economy is going to need more cash than $357 billion. And I have an odd feeling that's why the government is talking about we're going to be working on bill four, five, six, seven. Okay. If the funds ran out, they may offer more funds. I think it's going to depend on what's going on in the economy at the time. It's, I mean, I feel like today we're going day by day. So... I wouldn't wait. Honestly, what I mean, everybody's got what's most important to them, but if this is important to you, go do it, right? So. Yeah. Good to okay. know. Good to know. Okay. Good to go. Perfect.
So how is the economic disaster injury loan different than the 10K grant? Okay, uh, we kind of covered it a little bit. Um, the loans, the economic injury disaster bill established the grant. Now, Tim already said it's a $10,000 grant. They must get that out within three days. So if you need money, that is the very first thing. You should call your banker first to get on the SBA list, right? And then two, go apply for the disaster grant. All right, it's 10 grand. Um, now, any small business is eligible to apply for the 10 grand, all right? The grants, the 10 grand grant will stick around until December 30th of 2020. So if you do miss the SBA funding, right, at least that one's going to be around a little bit longer, all right? Now, other things that you should consider looking at as far as funding right now, okay? Many of the banks are still offering, which kind of blows my mind, but are still offering 0% business credit cards, okay? Normally, I am not a big fan of credit cards in any way, shape, or form, all right? But if you need money, a 0% credit card is a great thing, all right? Um, it's a great way to quickly access capital. Now, of course, the, the qualifications for those credit cards are tightening minute by minute, right? So you may or may not even get to that, all right? Uh, business lines of credit. If you have a business line of credit and you haven't drawn it down yet, go do that. Okay. That's number three. I'm getting lost as to how many important things are hard to do. You have a business line of credit, go get your cash, go get it now. Okay. You can consider, of course, a traditional business loan. If your business previous to this was very strong, very healthy, and your online classes are doing well, right? Let's say you dropped to 70% of your revenue instead of 2% of your previous revenue. You might want to consider just looking at a traditional loan with the bank, okay? Now, uh, so these are other, just other kinds of topics, other kinds of things I thought were important. Uh, the CARE Act, this is kind of going back to the owners, okay, a little bit. The CARE Act states that any individuals who operate under a sole proprietorship, so if you're taking draws as a sole proprietorship, not an S-corp, not a partnership, not a C-corp, right, sole proprietorship, you can apply for some of these loans with the SBA, but you've got to be a sole proprietorship, okay? So again, they're still looking at this. Um, we're still looking at some, some further guidance in more detail um, as things come if you're a franchisee, okay, each of your locations is eligible, okay? A lot of the times with franchisees, you know, your gross is over that, that 10 million. Uh, that's a problem with the SBA loans. It's not because they look at each individual location. So if you have five or six locations yourself, look at each location separately. Those books need to be done on a separate basis per location to properly get the funding, okay? Other areas that you might want to consider, retirement. If any of you have a 401k or a SEP IRA, any kind of retirement funds, you can take up to $100,000 out of your retirement funds and not pay the 10% penalty on those funds, okay? Now, as the qualification there is anyone who experienced adverse financial consequences, okay? That's all of you guys. So if you have money sitting in retirement and you want to use it for this purpose, if you can't get the SBA lending, all right, retirement is another place to look. Um, it only covers draws during this year, during 2020. So that is something to look at. Uh, they have also changed the maximum amount of a loan that you can take against your account. 
Uh, previously with 401ks, you could take a maximum loan of 50% of the value or $50,000. They have increased that loan amount to a $100,000 maximum or 100% of your vested 401k account. So instead of pulling it out, you can actually take a loan from your 401k. That's another way to be looking at this, okay? Uh, for anyone that is older, all right, if you've got parents that are in their required minimum distribution category, right, where they are forced to take money out of their retirement accounts, those have been suspended. You don't have to take them if you don't need them, okay? Um, there's some other specific things here, some student loan relief. Uh, we've got a ton of detail, guys. This bill is massive. I wanted to jump to if there's, is there any other questions on the business side? A couple, couple of them. The, the draw thing is really, it's still, I mean, there's still a lot of confusion there because like, apparently a lot of the owners are taking their own personal rent as a draw or pay as a draw. Yeah. So yeah, Joseph, Joseph asked a question. He just said, if you're a single member LLC and taking a monthly draw, I, I would schedule a call with, with Shauna, Jacob, a couple other ones. If our members are still paying, but we have promised to comp them for the time that we're closed, does any of the Help us now that we'll hurt down the road. Oh, does the payback, could, can they use the loans towards any of that? That's a pretty unique situation. I don't know how they would go about that. Yeah, I mean, if effectively you're talking about, okay, so you're paying me a hundred bucks a month and I'm going to give you that hundred dollars back once I have my business back. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't qualify under rent, utilities, wages. So yeah, that's just something you decided to do. Sorry. Is there a way to book that as an expense? I mean, you would book it as an expense. You would book it as the reimbursement, but it still doesn't qualify for any of the particular SBA, you know, non non taxable uh, qualifications or forgiveness qualifications. So, okay. yeah, it, yeah it's, it would be an expense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Couple more. Okay. Couple more. Um, Evan asks, with the disaster loan, the ten thousand dollars advance, um, is there? Is that forgivable if applied to rent and payroll? No, completely separate thing. The ten, well, the $10,000 piece is just not taxable at all, period. And you can use it for anything? Anything you want. That $10,000 is specifically for get you back on your feet. It's your money. Go take it. Right? That's it. I posted that link, guys. I'm going to repost it again. It takes about 10 minutes to fill this form out. Yeah, that's a question in here. So um, there it is again. Jacob said he applied for a business line of credit two weeks ago. Uh, should he stop that process now? And is that going to help his chances of getting the PPP? Won't make any difference. As far as we understand it, they are two completely separate things. Won't make any difference. Is the SBA and the PPP the same? Yes. I was told a payroll advance isn't considered wages until it's started to be paid back. Isn't considered wages until it's paid back. Um, yeah, maybe that's a great question. Um, so it sounds normally like normally payroll advances like, are pretty small. It sounds like Matt maybe paid his employees a little bit to help him out and Got it. maybe I'm guessing. Well, so, I mean, guys, here's another piece, right? If once you get your money, right, let's say you get your SBA money and you have done that, you've done some advances to your people to help them out make sure that those advances get put on that W-2, like on their paychecks, whether they've paid it back or not within that eight week period. Then it'd be covered. Yeah, then it'd be covered, right? So. Does the $10,000 grant affect any loan or PPP? Not that we know right now. Okay. 
Yeah, the grant is one of those things where guys, I mean, what, why not? Why would you not do that? Now, that's our understanding, right? Again, I go back to something I said at the very, very beginning. The SBA is still working on these regulations. All of what we're talking about could, I mean, completely, but many of these little tiny answers could change as we get further into the week. On Thursday, if any, you know, if you're, you're welcome to join, right, I'm actually hosting another webinar for all of our people on Thursday. So if there's updates, you're welcome to join that as well and ask additional questions there too. So. And yeah, and I'm sure, there, I'm sure there will be a lot of new things coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Hourly. Hourly. Just, just on this call, they announced Arizona is going lockdown tomorrow. Beautiful. Love and that. there we go. All right. Well, so um, it, would it be okay if I cover some other stuff? There are some other bigger things yeah. as well. And sure. anybody can leave if they want to leave or stick around or. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. One, just before that, I, two last questions that came in. Um, both are very similar. They have multiple LLCs. Can they apply for the grants with each of them? Yep. Yeah. It's per, it's per business. So that's what we understand. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. All right, so individuals. I wanna jump over to the individual side. It's not a ton, so I'll talk about it really fast. Basically, there's gonna be a stimulus payment, okay? Now, the last time they did a stimulus was in 2008. It took the government three months to figure out how to do it, okay? Uh, this time around, they're actually moving pretty fast, which is good. They've directed the IRS and said, if you have somebody's direct deposit information on file, so if last year, 2018, or if you've already filed 2019, you gave the government your direct deposit information, you should see a check coming out here within a couple of weeks. Um, so it's any time between a couple of weeks and three months is when they're gonna start sending those checks out. It's 12,000 or 1,200, I'm sorry, $1,200 per person, 2,400 if married, $500 for any additional child. So it's a little bit of money, which is great. Uh, those payments do phase out. Uh, for a single person, if you're over $75,000 worth of adjusted gross income. So another reason why you always want to do tax planning, right? Keep that adjusted gross income low, low, looking like you're poor. Um, but uh, yeah, so if look at your 2018 returns. If your 2019 have not been filed, if your 2019 have been filed, look at your 2019 returns. Look at what your adjusted gross income, that's a specific line on the tax return. Uh, if it's over 75000 for an individual, you start losing some of that rebate. Uh, if you filed an extension for 2019, they will look at the 2018 tax returns. Uh, there will be some, some comparisons, you know, when you actually file 2019 and file 2020 uh, to see if you have to pay any of that back. Okay. Those payments will be made, you know, as, as soon as possible, basically. Uh, now, this is a big one for anyone that owns a building. Some of these are huge for, for some of these very specific categories, okay? Uh, depreciation. If you own your building or if you have in your, in your shops, if you have any equipment that your CPA depreciated more than 15 years, so a 20-year life or a 39-year life property, the only way you're going to know that is to look at your tax return, look at the depreciation schedule. Okay, so you're going to have to talk to your CPA about this one. But if you have, if you own your own building, this is most likely going to apply to you. If you have any major equipment, this will probably apply to you. The government is actually allowing you to retroactively file an amended tax return for 2018 and get cash back right now. Okay, so if you own your building, if you own any real estate, if even rental properties, guys, if you guys have rental properties, any kind of real estate, 
this will work for that. So check and see whether the depreciation changes under qualified improvement property, QIP. Check with your CPA if you have any real estate. Um, we talked about the payroll credits. There's also an employee retention tax credit. Uh, that one will show up on the 2020 tax return. Uh, but it's effectively your half, the 6.2% of the Social Security taxes. So again, when you go to file those taxes, if you're not working with a qualified CPA, time to find one, guys, because you cannot do these returns on your own for 2020. These credits are going to get massively complicated. Uh, those credits are can be as high as $5,000 per employee, okay? So again, if you took the SBA loan, you do not get these credits. So you want to be running those calculations with your CPA on this. Hey, hey Shana, do you know of a CPA that these gym owners could reach out to? <laughs> yes, Tim. Yes, I do. Okay. Oh, thank okay. you. Just wondering. <laughs> guys, For sure, guys. If you need any help, you know where to find me, right? Um, I know the guys have my, my scheduling link. They've posted it in the chat. But yeah, I, was, I was worried. We didn't know of a CPA that could help you. You got it? Okay, cool. Got, got it. I got you guys covered. We're good, guys. Now you're making me blush. I love it. All right, perfect. So those credits are going to be huge. Again, you want your payroll records, your financial statements, profit loss, and balance sheet. Um, all right, let's see. Deferral of payroll taxes. Now, for any of you guys, hopefully none of you are running your own payroll. Hopefully you all have payroll companies, right? You've got paychecks or ADP or whatever. Uh, they should be already managing payroll deferral of like payments, deferral of your payroll tax payments should already be managed by your payroll company. So if your payroll company has not brought up to you the deferral of your payroll taxes, call your payroll company and have a chat with them about that. Okay, that is another expense. And I, I know many of you aren't paying all of your staff at the moment, but that's another expense that you can actually defer paying up to 50% of the payroll taxes all the way through the end of 2020. All right, so that, that'll give you a chance to kind of catch up, hopefully when all of this is done and over, okay? Uh, now, this is another big one. If any of you had losses, this is actually kind of cool. 2020, hopefully this all turns around, we all get our businesses back, we all, nobody has losses, okay? But if, for whatever reason, you have losses, if you have losses in 2018, in 2019, or in 2020, you can take those losses backwards up to five years. So in a previous year, right, pre 2017, 16, 15, 14, or 13, if you made money in any of those years and you had a loss in 18, 19, or 20, you can carry those losses backwards. Now, that is a huge change from the uh, tax regulation law change that happened January 1st of 2018. They actually restricted NOL losses only moving forward. So this is huge. If you have losses in any business, anywhere in any of your portfolio of what you own, talk to your CPA about getting these NOL carrybacks for you. That could get you cash again in hand right now. Uh, well, as fast as the IRS can process right now. Let's put it that way. Um, all right, I just want to make sure there is nothing else that is crazy. I think that's it. I think I've got everything on my list that I wanted to cover. Uh, what other questions do you guys have? Oh, boy. I'm getting a ton of like private um, questions. And I'm trying to answer them as fast as what I know. 
The one question uh, Micah has, I'm trying to answer it for her. She's asking, I'm trying to go back. Uh, sorry, late question. When filling out the grant info as an independent contractor, do we just use the name of the business name or do they, does she use her name? I would use the business name. I would, I told her whatever's tied to the EIN number is what I would. Yes. Yeah. Ty- typically that's the business name. If it's your own personal name, like let's say you don't have an entity at all, right? Cause an LLC can be taxed as a sole proprietorship. So it's a little specific, but let's say it's just you as a person, you don't have an LLC of any kind. I would put your name, you know, Barry DBA XYZ business and then apply under that. So whatever agreed, whatever's tied to that EIN. Does, does that answer it? Do you think so? You can, you can nod. I see you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up. Yeah. Guys, if you guys are doing Zooms with your clients, we, we have three hand signals. Thumbs up is yeah, get it. Down is no and stop. I have a question. Okay. In case you guys ever want to use that pro tip for your Zooms. Oh, we got a Joe, question. Joe's got a question. Let's go, Joe. We're going unmute. Yeah. I, uh, as far as the employees on unemployment, you mentioned that they get $600 a week more than what they were already earning. It, they, they're not going to want to come back to work if they're getting that kind of money. Yeah, there's now the $600 a week is only for a limited time. Uh, let me see if I can find that specific. Um, I heard four months. Yeah, they're, they're kind of running it all over the place. But I'm with you, Joe. If they're making unemployment plus 600, like why would they come back? They could just hang and do anything and make more, maybe, potentially. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially double what uh, some of them are making. What, what they're being, those payments will stop at the end of July of 2020, the extra 600. So, you know, they are trying, I mean, they're paying attention to that, right? Uh, but, you know, I read an article and I really liked the way that it was phrased, which is basically a time like this shows you who's with you and who's not with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now is the time to be, besides all of this mess, okay, one of the things that I feel that many business owners in all different industries don't always necessarily pay super close attention to is uh, their, their cash flow. Okay. So of course, now we're all in a massive cash flow crunch, right? We don't have flow coming in and we've got lots of flow going out. Okay. Um, but when you are looking at cash flow on a weekly basis, which is what we recommend, right? We use something called the 13 week cash flow model to track our cash on a weekly basis at a 13 week time horizon, uh, you see really quickly which of your staff members are with you and which aren't, okay? Because what ends up happening is you, you start recognizing, you know, this person, I mean, they're good, they're okay, but they're not my rock star, right? And why am I continuing to pay you if really this other guy here, if I could find another one of you, now it's, does that make sense? It's, it's a little bit different when you can't find anyone to hire, then you don't shoot the horse you have until you have the replacement horse, right? I mean, period. Um, but the cash flow model really helps a business owners pinpoint where are these problems in the system as far as cash flow. You know, one of the things that is just breaking my heart right now is I'm hearing millions of businesses from all sorts of different industries. You know, I was always living paycheck to paycheck. I never knew where my cash was. I don't feel like I have control over when the cash is going out, right? Um, These are all problems that can be fixed by using something like a cash flow model, right? So just just real quick, one, one is just a comment. The other one's a question. 
Um, we have a, a building that we purchased through an SBA, so about 40% of it is SBA loan. And we were just told today by the SBA guy that they will actually pay principal and interest for six months. So it's a, I think it's a 504 program. So that was that was pretty exciting. So that'll save us about $12,000. Um, this in regards to the uh, the payroll protection thing, let's say we didn't need anybody or we, we need very little payroll for this month. Let's say we don't need, really need to hire anybody, but we hope to reopen um, on May 1st. Mm -hmm. And could we uh, still apply for this and just kind of use the money, not really use that money for this month, but use it uh, or not really use it for April, but use it for, for May? Yeah. So here's here's my thought on it. Everyone should apply for it, right? Just because they gave you money doesn't mean that you have to spend it if you don't have something to spend it on, right? Now, you're only going to get loan forgiveness, which is like an entirely different thing. You're only going to get loan forgiveness on whatever you spend within that eight-week period, right, after 30 days, from 30 days after you get the loan, right? So there's this very specific time period that you have to spend that money, okay? Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't repay the loan, right? If you, you can either keep the loan. Now, there's lots of ways to look at this. You could keep the loan. The maximum interest rate is 4%. Do you have any other credit cards? Do you have any other debt? Do you have anything else that is at a higher interest rate than 4%? Do you have an emergency fund set up? 4% is a really cheap rate to get yourself a nice pocket of $60,000 as an emergency fund, right? Um, just because the loan isn't forgiven doesn't mean that it isn't a screaming deal on a loan. No collateral, no personal guarantee, maximum 4% with a 10-year repayment. Screaming deal on free money, effectively, from the government. So even though you don't use it for its intended purpose, Go get the money, guys. I mean, go buy the the twenty seven cent leads or whatever that Tim, Tim is finding um, on the automations and blow up your digital arm of your business, right? I think that's one of the big things for me for you guys. You guys have many of you have always been brick and mortar, right? You have always been trapped by the leads that you can find within a five mile radius of your specific location, right? Now you've got digital arms. You can effectively get any client anywhere on the planet, right? So even after all of this COVID stuff is done, why not keep a portion of your digital arm open? Why not make this another revenue stream for yourself so that if anything like this ever happens again, you've got two ways to get income, right? What about considering looking at a completely different business, something that you've always wanted to get into? Use the money to buy a Subway franchise. I don't know, right? Whatever. It's a cheap loan. So sorry to get on the soapbox, but a uh, great question. So. Who else has a question? Well, yeah, there's a couple there. Dell said, if we let half of our employees go tomorrow, would the PPP have to be repaid if we still use those funds for rent, payroll, and the remaining of the employees and utilities? No, because they're used for rent, payroll, utilities. As long as they're used for the qualifying categories, you're fine. No brainer. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, some clarification from Matt. I don't know if he's still with us, but... Um, Regarding the, uh, you were talking about the being able to take your uh, loss back a few years. Mm -hmm. Yep. Can you, can you clarify how that how that works a little bit? He's asking. He said, if I made a million in profit in 2018, and 2019 I lost 200,000, can we do? Uh, can we go back and recapture that loss again in 2018's income? Yes. 
So let's talk about that. All right. So let's use that exact example. 2018, I made a profit of a million dollars. Okay. At a profit of a million dollars, he's probably paying something close to 60%, 60% tax on that million dollars. Okay. Now, if I have a $200,000 loss in 2019 and I take that exact 200,000 and apply it to 2018 at 60%, I'm actually going to get $120,000, right? Or sorry. 200,000 times 60%. Yeah. $120,000 plus interest. The government will pay me interest because they've been holding onto my money for two years. So yeah, if you've got a loss, absolutely. Yeah. Talk about cash in hand guys. Yeah. So. Hey, so I just want to make mention here, guys, this is the first time that I've been in business where I feel like the government's supporting us more than big corporations or the unemployed like right now we're getting the benefits thank god right so i feel like this is the first time that i've felt like actual help from these plans i mean i know we've got tax breaks and all that stuff that's just built in but does anybody ever feel like the more you make the more you spend or more more you pay the irs this is the one time we're actually going to get something back so this is great it's a good time good time right now and to go back to your your point about the digital arm, guys, who's not online right now? Is anybody not online? I think everybody, like, I, we did a Zoom last week and there was a couple guys that just stopped servicing everybody and shutting their payments off. And I think it's a really bad idea. Um, but most everybody here looks like, yeah, you guys are all online. Yeah, carry that through. We're, we're getting a, a great response right now, at least. So I'm planning on keeping it for a while. All right, John has a question. Can you clarify the loan forgiveness provision that you are not allowed to reduce your workforce during the eight-week period when compared to other periods in either 19 or 20? Yeah, so basically what's going to happen with the loan forgiveness there? So it kind of ties into the question that you just asked, right? Can I do this? Can I, can I get the loan and then lay people off? You can do anything you want, okay? What will end up happening is when it comes to the forgiveness, if you've laid people off, you're just not going to get that portion of your loan forgiven. So, you know, they'll, they'll run calculations, comparisons, percentages, that kind of thing, right? I mean, effectively, if you went and took out a $300,000 loan and said, that's it, I'm not doing the business anymore, but I'm going to sit in my building by myself and pay rent. Yeah, that's not the intention, right? The intention is to keep the, keep the jobs. So they will run a comparison for that. Uh, but again, you know, what are those formulas and how is it going to work? I mean, I've heard ranges everywhere from 25% to 50% to 100%. I mean, it's it's not 100% clear yet. Sorry, John. Uh, Stacy says you're hired. <laughs> happy, happy to help anyone that needs help. So for sure. Yeah, I've been, John, I've, so is, that going, is that going to be based on payroll wages or number of employees? That is a great question. I understand it's payroll wages. So if you fired two cheap people and hired one expensive person, you're probably still good. But yeah, again, we should know more by Thursday or Friday this week when the SBA releases their final regulations. So, I, I know it's a little bit of a personal question. Early in this process, you said, Tim, stop paying yourself immediately. We just ran a payroll today. Earlier in this call, you said you should be paying yourself. I can change it. Should I be paying myself right now or not? It's a great question, right? Um, again, I fall back to run the calculations of what you think you need with your money, right? And how much of this loan are you trying to get? How much do you need for yourself? Because when you are an owner taking payroll, yes, you're paying payroll taxes, you're paying these things on it, 
but now we can get a loan and you can at least get eight weeks of free payroll for yourself. Sure. Why not put yourself back on payroll? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, the reason said, give himself a raise. <laughs> just remember, don't raise yourself past a hundred thousand dollars, right? It's a hundred thousand dollars per employee. So just don't do that. But yeah, if you can get a hundred thousand dollars, you know, eight weeks worth of a hundred thousand dollars, then why not? It's free money. Well, yeah, with two companies too. You know, there's yeah. a lot of guys, there's a lot of gym owners in here that have multiple companies. Right. And this this applies to every single one. Every company. Matt has seven. I think Kelsey probably has at least two. Uh, Sean, I don't know if you're set up with multiple. Yeah, he's got four, four. So multiply that each time. It's a hundred thousand per location, really payroll, right? If you're talking about for yourself, uh, you, this is where I start seeing. Okay, are we having problems with? Are you trying to, you know, get in and out of the letter of the law kind of thing? Um, you know, they may look at owners. We ju we just don't know the answer to this. They may look at owners and say, yeah, you own all the things. It's a hundred thousand dollars per person, right? So not per company in that front. Now the per company regulations are definitely for the wages overarching. So if you were taking $25,000 per company, then sure. But I don't know if they're going to put a cap on $100,000 for the owner period because it's by person. So yeah. To be determined. Yeah. All right. Natalie asked, just confirming you can apply for a disaster loan with the grant and the PPP, correct? Yes. You can apply for anything you want to, right? How you use those funds is going to determine what is and is not forgiven. Okay. Jackie asked, we just reduced employee payroll by 25%, but did not lay anyone off. Is that a smart decision? Uh, well, I mean, they're looking at the 12-month average, right? So as long as you're going to bring them back, it, it, it depends on what you're going to use the money for, right? If the plan is to use this SBA money to rehire people and get everybody back in the business and bring it all back up to where it was, then yeah, that's fine, right? Because they're going to look at the 12-month average previously, right? Again, I think they're looking at that average through February 15th is my understanding, right? 30 days from February 15th. So um, if you've just done it, you're probably okay. You know, it's, it probably shouldn't drop your average that much. Yeah, so. Right, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Jake, Jake asks, was the $10,000 grant application separate from the SBA 7A disaster loan application or is it part of that application? Uh, the, the 7A is the SBA PPP, that's one application. The disaster economic injury is a completely separate application, and that's where the 10,000 grant lives is on this side. So Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, perfect. Uh, I think we're caught up, guys. A lot, of, a lot of thank yous, you know, to me for putting this on. And it's absolutely my pleasure. It's just, you know, when I do these, it's mostly, it's, it's just as much for me as it is for everybody else. I've got all these questions for Sean. I figured let's just share it with everybody because, you know, why not help, right? That's the, that's the idea. So a lot of thank yous to you, Shauna. My pleasure. And so I'm going to post in the chat uh, really quickly, just a couple of last things. So uh, this link that I just posted is the Kiva loan. That is the nonprofit that helps small businesses uh, normally overseas, but now here U.S. Uh, that is the loan link for the $15,000 loan. So you are welcome to go there and apply for the $15,000 loan. Um, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce has a really good, very simplified overview. So I'm posting that guy right now. That particular link is a very clean, very easy to understand kind of overview of everything. The SBA relief 
link, the SBA application. Let me get you that link here as well. Link did not work for Kiva. Okay, I will yeah, double check Kiva, that Kiva link. Not Lincoln. All right, give me give me one second. I will go double check that Kiva one. I just posted the SBA link as well. Oh, thank you, Thomas. You're sweet. Thank you. Um, this last link is the tax goddess page with the COVID information. So I am basically filming video all day, every day at this point with updates and changes. Um, also posting links and articles uh, there. What I will do, that uh, that Kiva link came from an email to me directly. So Tim, if I forward you that email, can you forward it out to Pete? Yeah, I'll post it. Okay. Is everybody in the uh, marketing talk group? I'll just post it there real easy. Yeah, I think most everybody is in that. So cool. I'll post it there. Kiva.org Kiva, Kiva looks like Heather's. So I, I'll post yeah. it. Yep. Thank you, Heather. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Um, and then, of course, if anyone needs help, you know where to find me, right? Uh, the 13-week cash flow model is something that I believe every business owner should have. Uh, now's a good time to build something like that so that you can get all of your financial statements in order. You know what you're doing. You know what you're looking at. Uh, again, reminder, if you get money, put each type of money into its own separate bank account. Very important. And then, of course, if you don't have a bookkeeper, we can help you with that, too. <laughs> we have bookkeepers on staff. So let us know if you have questions on any of that. Yeah, Randy, pop pop, her, uh, pop the uh, the link for the scheduler in there again. And then while, while we're waiting for that, Joe is asking, could you explain the payroll tax credit program real quick? For sure. So um, <laughs> it's, it's a little crazy. There's actually two different sections to the payroll tax credit. Give me one second. Let me get to the specifics here. All right. So the, the payroll tax credit is up to 50% of qualified wages for operations who have been suspended by the government. So that's you guys. Okay. Now, effectively, what that means is, is that if you pay somebody $10,000, I'm sorry, the payroll tax on an employee is $10,000, you will receive $5,000 back dollar for dollar, right? It's 50% up to a maximum of $10,000 on that payroll tax. So uh, that one is pretty clear, basically. And that runs for the uh, 2020 year, I believe the entire year. Second, I'll double check that here. Yes, payroll taxes uh, between now and December 31st, okay? Um, now, that, that's the actual credit itself. That is the credit for payroll taxes. If you take the PPP 7A SBA loan, you cannot get the tax credit. It doesn't, you can't get both, all right? So it's one or the other, all right? Now, separately from the payroll tax credit, you also have the deferral of payroll taxes and self-employment taxes. And this is where I was saying, call your payroll company because if they're making you pay payroll taxes right now, there's a portion of that payroll taxes. It's the employer's side of the 6.2% of self-employment tax, okay? So it's 6.2% of the taxes should be deferred, okay? You still have to pay them, right? It is Social Security. They're not trying to completely bankrupt Social Security. Uh, you will still have to pay them but the the payment of those are deferred for all of 2020. Uh, half of it is payable by December 31st of 2021, and the other half is payable by December 31st of 2022. So you effectively have an extra two years to pay the payroll taxes, 6.2% of whatever your payroll taxes are. So That's awesome. Wow. A lot of stuff to go through, and that's why we have you on the team. 
<laughs> well, my pleasure to be here, guys. So um, fantastic. Okay, and thank you, Randy, for posting the schedule link. I appreciate it. Um, if there's anything else, guys, getting on my schedule is going to be really, really helpful for those private, you know, these are my list of 15 details. What do I do now kind of questions. Um, my head hurts. <laughs> I'm sorry, I tried to make it easy. <laughs> Uh, but if anyone has any other questions, don't hesitate to email me, uh, get, book a link uh, or, you know, book, book an appointment via the link. And uh, yeah, we're here if you need us. Great, Shauna. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Uh, we did record it. I think, Shauna, it's going to your cloud. So you'll just push that back to me. Yes. We'll turn this into a podcast. And then, um, yeah, so everybody that was here, I'm not going to put the recording out just as a podcast. You guys took the time to be here, and it was almost a little bit of a test. Like, if you guys wanted the information, you're going to show up, and you did. It's amazing. So uh, thank you guys for spending your time with us. Uh, Shauna, you got the link there. So I'm going to be the last to leave this meeting so you guys can keep that link up as long as possible. But until next time, we'll see you guys. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Built to Grow podcast where we help gym owners win. Now, do you want to connect with me and other gym owners online? All you got to do is join our private Facebook group, Marketing Talk with Fitness Professionals, right now. Just head on over to Facebook and type in Marketing Talk with Fitness Professionals. And when you join, we're going to give you free access to our 10 fitness marketing strategies, seven-figure gym owners use to win. All right, I look forward to you joining us next time on the Built to Grow podcast. Keep building something great.